Hello, welcome to the Daily Disciples Podcast. My name is Bobby Brooks. And I'm Tony Lee Adamson. And we are here today picking up one of the series we're doing on Daily Disciples Podcast, and that is Women in the Bible. And today we will be covering Ruth and Naomi. But before we discuss these two amazing women in the Bible, we also want to let you know that Bobby and I are hosting a Zoom Bible study on Monday nights. And it doesn't matter which time zone you're in. We have women across the United States that are participating with us. It is a great platform that we get more interactive and we really do discuss a lot of components of not only the culture and the background of the Bible times, but how it applies to our lives today. Now, I did start Women in the Bible many months ago And there have been some rough roads as the months have progressed that I did put it down for a while. But there was a very strong voice of women who asked me to pick it up again. So I am just inviting anyone who was a part of that initial group or anyone who would like to join now to feel free to contact us through this podcast, dailydisciplespodcast.com podbean.com or through Facebook and it's Daily Disciples. And uh, it's 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Central. So you can join by contacting us at gmail, dailydisciples at gmail.com or you can go to Facebook and it's Daily Disciples Ministries is the most recent or the newest fan page. There is a Daily Disciples page but we use the Daily Disciples Ministry. So it's facebook.com slash Daily Disciples Ministries. That's a mouthful, but maybe easier just to send us an email. This story is about friendship. It's about loyalty, redemption. So let's pray that the Spirit of God may have His way in our hearts and our minds, and that the Spirit of God may also implant His Word in our hearts so that He can bring it back to our minds as he leads us with life today in friendships and redemption issues. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are creator of heaven and earth. We thank you that the beginning is in your hands as much as the middle and the end. You are the alpha and the omega, and we can trust you with everything in between, as well as the beginning and the end. And Lord, we thank you for this book on friendship. We thank you, Lord, for how you have taken the story of these two women and the calamity that has happened in their lives, and yet you had a purpose and a hope for them. And Father, for all of us who are either in that place of despair, we pray, Lord, that we sense your empowering in our hearts, your encouragement in our minds that we know you have a future and a hope for us too. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ruth, the story of Ruth. Now, firstly, just a little bit of background. The book of Ruth is at the end of Judges in the way the Bible is set up. And yet, a long time ago, Ruth was part of the book of Judges. Now, Ruth was not a Jew, and Ruth is not a judge in any regard. 
It's more of a story that continues beyond the current events in Ruth and her mother-in-law Naomi's lives that have impacted us today. The book of Ruth points us to Jesus. Yeah, she's in the line of uh, King David, which is line of Jesus. She was the great-grandmother of Jesus. And even though she is not a Jew... The Lord goes out of his way to say how much he loves all people from all backgrounds. When we were discussing this on the Zoom Bible study on Monday night, Ruth is very similar to Rahab. Both wanted to worship the Jewish God. And that is the God we worship today too, the great I am. And so we're going to pick up the book of Ruth and it starts, this book starts by saying, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. The book of Judges is the book right before the book of Ruth. Why? These events happened during the time the judges ruled. After Joshua died. Yeah, I was going to say Joshua died there was no clear biblical leader. Starts by saying the people did what was right, right in, in their, their own, own eyes. eyes. Yeah. So there, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So Elimelech is the name of the man. He was married to the woman whose name is Naomi, and they had two sons. They wanted to escape the trouble that came to Bethlehem, Judah, which was a famine. So they went to Moab. Bobby, you want to pick up what Moab is? Moab was not part of the promised land. The Moabites were, uh, their sisters were the Ammonites. And Moab and Amnon were from Lot. So when Lot slept with his daughters. They each had a son, and one was named Moab, and the other one was Amnon. And we get those those two different nations or tribes of the Moabites and the Ammonites, and they were enemies of God's chosen people. They were not part of the promised land. And so a Moabite woman, as as a Moabite woman, Ruth would not have been someone welcome back into Bethlehem, certainly Judah of Bethlehem, where there was definitely God's chosen place, his promised land, and Judah being the tribe, ultimately, that Jesus would come from. She had nothing of the line of the descendants of the Israelites because Naomi even goes into saying, go back to your people in serving your gods. Right. And yet... Ruth clearly states, I want your people to be my people, and I want to serve your God. They had been there for 10 years before the husband dies and the two daughters' husbands, her daughter-in-laws, her sons die, Naomi's sons die. So she's left with these foreign women because when they go to Moab, their sons weren't married. They were there for 10 years. They marry Moabite women, and yeah. Uh, Ruth is the one that says she, I mean, obviously Naomi and Elimelech still knew enough about God to talk about their God and the history of his people. In 
Ruth chapter 1 verse 3. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years, and then both of those sons also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband, and that woman's name is Naomi. But this book is not named after Naomi. This book is named after the daughter-in-law, who is the Moabite, Ruth. Ruth's name means friendship. Yes. I mean, it means friendship. So how amazing that this Moabitess actually says to her mother-in-law, which again, that in itself is odd, that uh, a daughter-in-law would say to a mother-in-law, I am not going to leave you. On the Zoom call, one of the gals was married to a Jewish man. And she brought this up and she said, for a daughter-in-law to embrace her Jewish mother-in-law is a miracle in itself because she said the the line of the Jewish people go by the mother. So when the son marries someone who's a Gentile, usually that mother is furious, but she doesn't want to be furious at her Jewish son. She takes her anger out on, and she used a word that was like the Shitska or something. She used a funny word. And she said, and that's what I was. And it was such a challenge to be liked or even get any sort of recognition from my mother-in-law. So that's the situation we have here. And you know, even in today's marriages, there's a lot of mother-in-laws who do not embrace the wives of their sons. I've gone out of my way to really embrace my daughter-in-law. It's the saying that says, a son's a son till he takes a wife, a daughter's a daughter the rest of your life. So I'm not as concerned about the relationship with my daughters and their husbands. But a daughter-in-law is different. She runs the family. In my experience, the woman runs the household. She has the babies and she runs the households because the children are part of that household and she is the significant in between the husband and the children. And it was funny because when I was there, when my first grandbaby was born, my daughter-in-law said in front of me to my son, you know, Robbie, now that I have a boy, I am now going to be the mother-in-law. So I want to be really nice to your mother. And it was so sweet because that has been my intent. And Mm -hmm. it is, I am thankful that like kind of that light bulb went off in her head because I had to have that light bulb go off in my head about my mother-in-law. So we just have to remember people, regardless of divorce, regardless of our opinions about who our children marry, they're now in our lives. And it's up to us to determine how we want to be. And I would say, especially as Christian people, the word kindness should be huge. The word love should take the place of everything. And this book of Ruth and Naomi, the two key words, the two key themes, the first is kindness, the second is redemption, or to be redeemed, restored back. And then when we look at the name of Ruth, who this book is named after, it means friendship. And so friendships can cross all lines. 
even mother-in-law and daughter-in-laws. Yeah, if I could just give a little Bible history on how significant this is, that Ruth would be in the line of Jesus. Uh, For those of you that may not understand why that is so significant, whenever God called Abraham and said, I'm going to make you into a great nation, um, and then later on he would end up creating a covenant where all of the first, all the, the males would be circumcised, and it took 25 years for Isaac to be born. It was so important for Isaac to marry from Abraham's family that when it was time to get a wife, he sent Isaac's servant all the way up to Abraham's original family to get a wife so that it would remain in the, the line, the bloodline. Then whenever Isaac and Rebekah, they had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau ends up giving up his birthright. Jacob came out second. But when it was time for Jacob, who ended up being the rights of the firstborn, it was time for him to get a wife. His mother sends him all the way up to the original family. So God's chosen people, the lineage and the heritage and the bloodline was so important to maintain when Jacob had his wives, two wives and two assistants to the wives, four women, had 12 sons, they become the 12 tribes. It was important that they married within their own tribe. So Judah, the fourthborn, was a significant tribe. And so for Elimelech and Naomi to go to Moab, which was not in the lineage or the heritage, to get wives from a foreign land, being the tribe of Judah, and God's sovereignty, knowing that was going to be where King David came from, and obviously Jesus. That's why Ruth is so significant, and why this message should encourage every one of us that God broke tradition, if you will, with Ruth, because Ruth is not from the tribe of Judah, and Naomi, because her two sons died, had no land and no ability her husband was gone she was older and she didn't have any ability to work as we're going to continue to see in this story so the redemption is about her getting back part of the promised land that her husband would have had had they not have left so it's just it's an amazing story that goes if you if you study the book of genesis you'll understand why ruth is so significant to all of us today, Gentiles and Jews alike, we are all given a chance at redemption and a chance to be significant in the plan that God has for us. And that does, again, point to uh, Rahab, who was a prostitute living in Jericho, who literally said to the two Israelite spies, the fear of God has fallen on all of the people in Jericho, and we know you're going to take over. And Rahab basically said, my family and I want to serve the one and only God. Mm -hmm. So will you spare us when you take down this city? And we're going to talk about that next, about the word people and God's people. Like you were just bringing that up, that the Moabites are not God's people at the time. God's people in the Old Testament, came from one 
family. Now that has changed into the New Testament. But the Old Testament, the foundation of all these things, and this is so important. This is why we do not remove the Old Testament from our Bibles. Because in the book of Revelation, it is very clear that the the 12 tribes, as much as the 12 apostles, lay the foundation for all of our faith. God is the God of the beginning and the end. And how the story starts in the beginning matters just as much as what's going to happen in the end. God does not forget one thing and he's not forgetting us either and we might be in a tough place right now but you need to know that if you want to turn your heart to the living God and say I will worship you I want to serve you God you become his people so here we go Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 then she who is Naomi arose with her daughters with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So in other words, the famine is now over after 10 plus years. And now her people, remember the word people, because we're going to hear it a lot throughout chapter 1. Her people, the Jewish people, are now given bread and basically food. So the famine is done. Therefore, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return to each of your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. And then they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. Okay, again, your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? And basically she's saying, turn back. I don't have any ability to provide husbands to you again. Go back. Verse 12, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight, could I bear sons that you could possibly marry, which was part of the custom of the time in the Israelite nation. Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Bobby, don't you think it's interesting that she had this sense that God's hand was in this these horrific circumstances? Yeah, I, I, I think that it's evident by Ruth's response, or by both daughters' response, that they respected Naomi and obviously Naomi had talked about her God and her people to her daughters-in-law that is not surprising it's it gives us a little interesting background into how Naomi lived her life and that Naomi calls her God the Lord it's so personal 
Yeah, and for her, for these two women, who were from Moab, a foreign land, they did they worshipped other gods. Uh, to respect Naomi that much, I think we don't realize sometimes how much people are watching us, how, what we say, how we live our lives, the the very testimony or witness that we give with our behavior and our communication, whether it's family or people we don't know in public. Obviously, Naomi had garnered a lot of respect from her two foreign Mm daughters-in-law for 10 years. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, this she again is Naomi, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. And there we see it again. Both of these daughter-in-laws knew they would be entering Bethlehem in Judah and now would have to adopt and adapt to Naomi's culture, Naomi's way of living. When we say your people, your gods, that's a term that came about when God came to Moses and said, and I have it here in Exodus 3, verse 7, And the Lord said to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry, and I know their sorrows. And basically, God said to Moses, I'm raising you up to go rescue them And Moses basically says, if they're your people, you go. I left them a long time ago. There's actually Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4 is a great conversation of God and Moses hashing it out Mm -hmm. to who's going to win this battle. And Moses finally goes to get God's people and those people... Again, Moses is now restored back to his people and to his God. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing here. So Ruth clearly knows that when she starts saying this vow that I'm about to read, she knows clearly the sacrifice involved in following Naomi to Bethlehem. And she says, with her eyes wide open because it's magnified, Ruth said to Naomi, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And we know that Naomi is significantly older than Ruth in that Naomi said, I can't have any more children. When Ruth hasn't had any children yet, and we know she does, she has a child. So, When Ruth is saying these things, where you die, 
there I will be buried. She's saying, even when you die, I'm still going to live there to be buried near you. And that is such a beautiful Mm -hmm. commitment. And this is of two women. These verses do become vows today between men and women as they marry. They, They quote these vows to each other. But Ruth, I really believe, knew that God's hand was on her commitment to Naomi to go back to Bethlehem. As much as Naomi said, the Lord has done this to me, I believe that Ruth looked at her past, her present, and then the path she's on now and realized God has done this to me too because I cannot leave you. I agree. I mean, they're words of a covenant. They are words that are definitely spirit-driven, even though it doesn't say the Holy Spirit came upon her. These were words that came from her heart. But God's sovereignty is at play here. And we know that Ruth had spent the last 10 years with Naomi. And again, it speaks to Naomi's, her leadership and her ability to communicate to Ruth and Orpah the amazing wonders of her God, the Lord. Ruth was willing to give her own life, lay her life down. I mean, when Jesus says it, a true friend lays his life down. Uh, Only Jesus is the one who could do that for us. But Ruth was willing where she says, where you die, I will die. And she's really saying, I will die to go with you. Mm -hmm. That's the, the very essence of a true friend. And true sacrifice. True sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Naomi, that we know of, did not threaten her in any way. Did not, you know, say, I'm so old, please go with me. I mean, Naomi's saying, you have the freedom to go. You have the freedom to return. I'm going to head back to my land. You do not need to take this burden with you. And Ruth is willingly sacrificing her thoughts, her land, her everything to identify with Naomi and her people and her God. And I think that's just a beautiful way of evangelism. Yeah, I, I, I think that Ruth came to know Naomi's God, God the Lord, yeah. through Naomi to such an extent. And Naomi probably told stories of the Red Sea that parted when God delivered the people from slavery, bondage out of Egypt, probably told stories of God's, how, how the walls of Jericho fell. I mean, there were stories that were passed down. That's how they, they kept the Lord in their lives, was telling these stories from generation to generation. And Ruth obviously believed in this amazing Lord, mm-hmm. this amazing God. These verses, this vow, or like you said, words of commitment, remind me also of Moses in Exodus 33, that he said to God, you have to go with us. Do not leave us. If your presence doesn't go with us, I won't go. And that's what she's saying. For wherever you go, I will go. And that's what Moses said to God. I don't want to go without you, Lord. We often quote verses of God will never leave us or forsake us. We, we quote these verses that Jesus says, and now I call you friends. I am loyal to you now. I have laid down my life for you now. But how often do we say to God, God, I can't do this without you. 
God, I need you with me. Lord, I need to have a... I heard that expression for a while that says a kiss from God. Like, in other words, he gave us a special blessing that it felt like it, a human kiss. He is the same God today that we can say, God, we need you to go with us. I need you, Lord, in my heart. I need encouragement today. You are the God. Endurance and encouragement. That's right out of Romans chapter 15. And Lord, I need to see that endurance and encouragement today in my life. Because Lord, I cannot do this without you. And unless we can call out to him, we will feel desperate at times, alone at times, but he is with us. But it's not only saying, well, I know the verse says God is always with me. Yes, but it's also you knowing God is with you. Not only quoting this verse to yourself, but actually asking the Lord to continue to open the doors. We have a dear friend right now who is struggling because her husband is dying of cancer. He's had cancer for a while, and uh, I had actually talked to her prior to the Zoom call, and she said that her husband said, you know, I, I don't want to continue fighting anymore. You know, she was very sad, and we ended up praying that God would encourage her, that God would give her the strength to endure this, not only for her hu- husband, obviously, but for her. She's watching this. She's participating in this, and she even said, I just don't want to do anything wrong. Then later on, on that Zoom call, she said, Yes, please pray for this situation, but I also want you to know a wonderful thing that happened to me today. And there was a band that she used to be a part of that came to the senior living facility that she lives in now, and they said to her, go get your instrument and come play with us. And she was so excited, and I said to her, well, do you plan on playing with them again after the season of your life passes? And she said, absolutely. And it was one of those things of us not only saying to the Lord, we know you never leave us or forsake us, but then the Lord showing her, I'm with you. I'm with you during this time. And that testimony brought encouragement to all of us because that was God's kiss to her through this time of suffering and mm-hmm. despair. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. God's good like that. He's just good, and we can trust Him, and we can call out to Him. So now we're in Ruth chapter 1 still, verse 18. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. And now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened that when they had come to Bethlehem, that all the city was excited because of them. But the women said, is this Naomi? But Naomi said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. This book also has a theme of full empty. Pleasant, which is what the word Naomi means, to bitter, which is what Mara means. Life and death, famine and abundance. We also have to realize that God does work in the extremes And we have to realize that 
and this is in the book of Ecclesiastes. It says, when times are good, be thankful. But when times are bad, consider God has created the one as well as the other. And the message really is, so we continue to praise God. We continue to trust God. Yes, that's right. Uh, a lot of us would understand how she feels. I mean, her husband died, her two sons died, and she comes back to her homeland without anything but a foreign daughter-in-law who she didn't really want to bring with her. The people were excited to see her, which I think is, is pretty cool that the people were, they remembered Naomi and they were excited and they were curious. I'm sure they were curious about who this Moabitess woman was with her. Mm-hmm. So chapter one, we see Naomi's heartbreak, but we also see the devotion and the vows of Ruth. And by the end of chapter one, they have returned to Bethlehem. And now we pick up chapter two. I skimmed over a lot of this while I was teaching the Zoom study. So I'm going to hand this to Bobby because she did a great job summarizing it on the Zoom call. So chapter two, Ruth is now entering the field of a man named Boaz. And we see Boaz's provision and protection. So, Bobby, you want to pick up chapter 2? So, in chapter 2, we're, we're introduced to a relative of Naomi's husband, who was a man of great wealth, and he was from the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Boaz had many fields of grain that he hired harvesters to um, go and harvest the wheat every year during the season. And so in chapter 2, it's, it's the relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. In verse 2, So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And Naomi said to Ruth, Go, my daughter. So Ruth initiates a desire just coincidence yeah like with god there's no coincidences again we see i can't help but see the sovereignty of the lord as well as the spirit of god upon ruth to select boaz's fields to go and glean but she asked for permission so there was a a position of respect for her mother-in-law she saw her as an authority figure she wanted to make sure what she was doing was approved She understood it was not her custom or her culture, and Naomi said, go. So she left and went and gleaned in the field, and gleaning is something that's after the harvesters or the reapers have done, have taken the best of the heads of of grain, the leftovers. So she goes, and she happened to be in the part of the field belonging to Boaz, just happened by coincidence to be there, who was a part of the family of Elimelech, And Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. That was just an exchange of greetings. And then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servants explained to Boaz who Ruth is. She's this Moabitess uh, young lady came with Naomi. Boaz has this heart for her. 
Again, coincidence? No. Like God's hand is upon Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, that he actually says uh, to Ruth, verse 8, chapter 2, you will listen to my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. So he had a group of women that were working around the, the men, and he knew that there could be danger for a foreign woman in these fields. So he offered protection immediately for Ruth. He had, uh, she had favor with Boaz, the wealthiest man in the, in the town. And he said to her, let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. And he had commanded them to not touch her, harm her, do anything that would be, uh, you know, unlawful or, or inappropriate. inappropriate. And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she immediately bowed down to Boaz. They, they developed this relationship. He gives her enough grain that when she goes home, Naomi gets a clue that, oh, which field did you work in today? Who did you meet today? Naomi's light bulb goes off and says, oh, this is a kinsman redeemer. He is from my husband's line. And the redeemer, the kinsman redeemer, was part of the what started back in Genesis and, and through the culture of God's chosen people, the Jewish people, that when the 12 tribes were living in the promised land, they, they were to marry within their tribe and they were to have sons and daughters and that lineage would carry on. Since Naomi's husband was dead, if there was no husband or sons to carry on the line of the family, the next relative closest to the wife would re- be what was called a kinsman redeemer. So ultimately they would get married and then they would get, be given their land from their kinsman redeemer. So in this case, it's Boaz, but there's one person in between Boaz and Ruth, uh, Ruth having this option. I think that's chapter three. In verse 19, her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And then Naomi said to her, Blessed be he of the Lord who has, been, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead! Exclamation point. So the dead represented Naomi's husband. This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. And then Ruth tells Naomi how kind he was to her. So the kindness theme continues. Yes. The kindness theme is evident in how Naomi treated her daughter-in-laws. Then it is evident through Ruth's vow to Naomi. And now we're watching Boaz as he is so kind to Ruth, a foreigner, to a point that he wants Ruth's mother-in-law, who happens to be in his family line through the husband, Naomi, to see it and to partake in it. I just think it's such an amazing setup. It's like the book of Esther. The only two books in the Bible named after women are Esther and Ruth. And Esther doesn't mention God in the whole book, but the whole book is such 
about the sovereignty of God that you have to know it's a book of, of God's fulfillment of his promise. Naomi's line being a line of Judah and her husband dying and her sons dying, that God knew that was going to happen. He created the hearts. He, he worked on the hearts of two people who had no idea they would ever meet, mm-hmm. Ruth and Boaz. <laughs> Ruth being a foreign, very poor, had nothing to offer woman, with Boaz being the wealthiest Judahite in the whole land at that time, that was feeding the very families that Naomi left in the famine and comes back to the wealthiest farmer in the town. It gives you hope that God is in the details and God does know our circumstances Mm -hmm. and how desperate we get and he hears our cry yeah i mean the verses i love in chapter three is uh that the lord instructed moses and leviticus and deuteronomy do not glean every bit for you to get one more penny he says leave it for the poor and the alien among you And why God said that is he said, because you were poor and a foreigner in the land of Egypt. And so be good to people who are in your position now. It does remind me often of the poor and the alien that live among us today. It's not our business to judge why. It's our conviction to have the heart of God and to give. And to be kind. And that's exactly what this book is about, like the kindness of God. Now, chapter 3 of Ruth, we find out that there is a kinsman redeemer who is closer. Like, he was the next one who was given the right to redeem Naomi's land back. But by taking Naomi's land, he would also have embrace. Naomi and Ruth into his family. So there is a cultural situation here that we don't do nowadays. We have attorneys. (laughs) We have a lot of different things that also was established because of the book of Exodus, Leviticus, and, and, and even Deuteronomy. What happens in that case is Boaz does the right thing and he offers the land to this man who was more than willing to take the land. But when Boaz says, but now you also have to take Naomi and Ruth, he said, no, 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 no. I don't want that to hurt my own family. So we're going to skip right to chapter four. I want to just read one verse out of chapter three. Okay. Verse 11, actually verse 10. uh, Boaz says to Ruth, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, For you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Hmm. Not in a million years would Ruth have ever dreamed that she would be called a virtuous woman or be blessed by a man like Boaz. Mm -hmm. And those words, as you read them in chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, that's Jesus speaking to us today. It's powerful. It, It does remind me of Proverbs 31, and not only in the reference of a wife or a mother, 
but as a woman. Mm-hmm. Like what a beautiful woman. Virtuous and... and- Kind she worked until and, the very right, end. She right. didn't go after young men. She didn't look for a way of escape yeah. herself. She wasn't an opportunist. Right. She just ended up in Boaz's part of the field mm-hmm. just by coincidence. Yeah, yeah. By the hand of the Lord. So, yeah, in, in chapter 4, they meet at the town gate where all the business is conducted. And, yeah, the... Uh, I don't know if it was a cousin or the relative that was one degree closer than Boaz. Boaz says, continues after you read that, Now, it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Mm-hmm. So Boaz had already figured this out. Boaz already knew what he needed to do. And it was done in a public way. Like our you know, court systems are today, mm-hmm. too. It's done in a public way of Boaz redeeming Ruth, but going about it through the proper channels. And I have to say, Bobby, those proper channels. Today, many times we have figured out ways to do it faster and better and you know, stronger and, and even deceitfully. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do it according to the proper channels... It will come back to bite you, even if that circumstance doesn't come back to bite you. When we start getting comfortable with doing it the easier, cheaper. Deceitful. Yeah. Deceitful, irreverent mm-hmm. way. God set up this world that what goes around comes around. You know, I mean, <laughs> that you reap what you sow. And in time, that characteristic in you will bite you i used to say that to my kids all the time (laughs) be careful because this will bite you you know i mean i might not give you the punishment that you deserve for this this crime or this trial but let me tell you if i don't as your parent god's principles the way god's world has been set up it's not that god's gonna get you he set up the world in such a way yeah. that it will get you. It really does remind me of Cain and Abel that Cain was lying to God. I don't know where my brother is. I don't know. And God said, his blood is crying out to me. I mean, God set it up. God didn't have to watch Cain kill Abel. He had it set. God had the world set up in such a way that the earth cried out mm-hmm. and told God. You know, And we have to remember that. That uh, all of creation is accountable to God. All of creation can declare to God. I think of also Joshua who said, these rocks right here will cry out against you if you turn away from the Lord. It's like the Lord doesn't have to be this micromanager Mm -hmm. who's hovering over the earth looking who who to zap because just the principles of the earth are accountable to God and will speak out. So we have to remember that it's, far greater accountability on us than just the Lord roaming to and fro throughout the earth, you know, looking to who he's going to bless or, you know, the consequences are going to come about. And I respect Boaz so greatly for being a man of integrity here. It wasn't that he just wanted Ruth and wanted Naomi's land. He was a man of integrity Mm -hmm. and of character. And it would be great to see these characteristics in people today. (laughs) I don't know if we always see it, but let's pray we can have it. It says in verse 7, chapter 4, 
This was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm anything, each one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was a confirmation in Israel. Then the close relative said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal. And Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Kilian's and Malon's, her sons, from the hand of Naomi. Mm. Well, it starts in chapter 3. He mentions it, but he actually carries it out in in chapter 4. And they end up getting married, and Ruth has a baby. But in verse 12 of chapter 4, the people of Israel were so happy that this is actually in verse 11. It's amazing. All the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. That, that to me is like, I mean, amazing that the people of the town and I mean, these were the Jewish, these were the Jewish people that welcomed uh, Ruth. And they said, may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. They have the gift of prophecy. Yeah, was, his name was Obed. There is a son born to Naomi that Naomi raises is Ruth's baby, and they call his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Mm-hmm. So Ruth was David's great grandma, great grandmother. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that here these women are even using a woman like Tamar, who's also in the line of Christ. So we have Tamar, who was also not a Jew, who was in the line of Christ. Now we have Ruth, who's now become Jewish, you know, in the line of Christ. God became her God, who then literally had David, and then through the line of David, Jesus came. And at the, uh, there's one more verse in chapter 4. As the people of the town were talking to Naomi, and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Mm-hmm. Talking about the baby that was born. I mean, that to me is just, Naomi was restored and redeemed. So it's a book of with Ruth's name on it, but without Naomi, there would have never been a Ruth. So true. And without them leaving Bethlehem during a famine, but then she comes back empty to have nothing but everything restored to her, her land, and then the love from Ruth that's better than seven sons, Mm -hmm. the loyalty from Ruth that's better than seven sons. You know, Bobby, do we see friendships like that today? Do you see loyalty like that among people today? Even back then, in, in in biblical times, I'm not sure there were these types of friendships. Women have a tendency to be closer in friendships than men, but men are definitely golfing buddies or sports buddies or whatever they do. They enjoy each other's company. But friendship typically is something today that gets skewed in the public eye. Social media has destroyed a lot of friendships, uh, people who post things about different people. We tend to to take a um, more destructive 
position against people than for people. And I, I believe that is not how Jesus wants us to be with each other. And friendship is a gift because you have to be a friend to have friends. Mm-hmm. Ruth is one of the greatest examples of that proclamation she made to Naomi. That's one of the greatest commitments any friend can make to another one. Mm-hmm. I've had many people say to me they wish they had a friend that we have in each other. I didn't ever have a need to have a best friend. I would not have been one of the people that would have said to you or said to anyone, I wish I had a friend like you have. Because I really was fine as a loner. I really did feel like my calling was to be a wife and a mother. And I had so many friends around me that I didn't need one. When we met at a Bible study, and I was hearing you talk to a couple of women who were in leaders group of that Bible study, Mm -hmm. and you were sharing about your love for the Lord and how you knew the power of the Spirit of God was moving through you, that's when I started thinking, I haven't heard anyone talk about the Lord like that. So we weren't even friends yet. And I was praying for another prayer partner because I left one Bible study to now come to the church Bible study. So I lost my dear friend who was my prayer partner. And you kept coming to mind. And I knew it was the Lord to the point that I told another friend, I'm going to ask Bobby to start praying with me. And it was then through me hearing you pray that I realized, oh my gosh, she has a passion like I do to live completely full throttle for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's what caused our friendship. Just like God's hand was on Ruth and Naomi, and we're no Ruth and Naomi, but I do know that God's hand was on me to befriend you. And I'm very thankful for how God has used us for his purposes. I'm not necessarily always thankful for our friendship. Like we have said to people, don't pray for that. (laughs) You really don't want, you know, the accountability is too great. (laughs) I did pray in that Bible study, that we would become friends, that it would be, uh, I, I had been in management in corporate America for so long, I didn't have any close friends because of my job, my position, and working 80 hours a week as it was. I, uh, and being somewhat definitely introverted, the way you taught the, the Bible, the way you, you held yourself, and, and the, the way you handled yourself, broke all my terrible stereotypical thoughts about women who go to church or do church bible studies because they don't work i had no i had such a a bad um attitude uh, and i ended up in the bible study because the lord i felt like i was naomi at the time but i certainly wasn't my attitude was like naomi's i'm just bitter and i'm doing this bible study because it's the only thing the lord's told me to do And, and then Whenever I met you, I knew that you would be someone very significant in my life 
but I prayed you in. I believe that. I believe I prayed. And you prayed me in as I asked you to be my prayer partner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> and when you left uh, back in the days of having machine, well, we didn't have voicemail. There were messages on a machine that, I mean. The answering machine. The answering machine, yeah. With the, the phone with an extension cord on it or whatever. And so I left that message on there forever because I was so excited. And then you never answered your cell phone or answered or called me back. But um, the sign of things to come. We were so different. And we've done many friendship talks over the years because our friendship has been so unique. And yet it has withstood um, massive tests and trials and our own ups and downs and life changes that we are held together by the love of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, clearly. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today on Daily Disciples Podcast here on the platform of Podbean. You can follow this podcast where you'd actually get a little notification every time we post something. I was also doing daily Bible study with Tony Lee, and Bobby and I have been prayerfully considering changing that platform to Bobby and Tony Lee Unplugged. We had a television show that was Bobby and Tony Lee Unplugged that aired out of Atlanta. We've done radio called Bobby and Tony Lee Unplugged. So we think with all the changing dynamics happening in America, we want to pick up that podcast with Bobby and Tony Lee Unplugged talking about current events and a little bit of politics and a little bit of just the culture yeah society the culture and society christians Uh, and bobby's taught me a lot about things like that she's caught me up and i i have been one that has kept my nose in the bible i have really my entire life just focused on just the word of god basically saying Nothing else matters but Jesus. And that is true. But Jesus works through people. And God so loved the world that people and Mm. plants, people, places, and things are a part of God's plan. So we're going to bridge out and pick that up again. And then we are thinking of maybe starting a daily Bible study podcast when the new year starts because we still read through the Bible daily. We've been doing it for 20 years. That's also kept our friendship alive. And then just including those of you who'd like to join us do that in January. So with all that, I just want to say thank you for joining us today. We would appreciate your comments and uh, please feel free to reach out to us. That's it. You can contact us at dailydisciples at gmail.com. And these podcasts will be actually on more locations than just Podbean very soon. So, And if you want to join our Zoom Bible study, please feel free to reach out. That's right. All right. I'm Bobby Brooks. And I'm Tony Lee Adamson. And we will see you soon. soon. Thank you for joining Daily Disciples Podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. No more fake, fancy, or fluffy, but real and raw conversations dealing with life and spirituality. For more information, go to dailydisciples.org or connectionsnetwork.com.
www.thepodcastnetwork.tv. And we can't wait to talk to you soon.